0: Welcome back to Recap, the podcast where we talk about the latest news featured on our social media pages. We find, find we Lord, we try to find the news that matters most to our voters, and we encourage our legislators to not only listen but to also act on what they hear. I'm your host Joshua Hyde, and with me today is Professor X, sometimes host of Recap, and one our our primary data analyst. And we also have. One of our writers and the host of Smart Politics, Anthony Arnold, with us today. Gentlemen, how are you?
1: Feeling good feeling strong? Doing all right. Good. Debbie Downer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got I got to balance this out, man. You were high you were both high in high octane and I'm just like, mm, let's let's tone that down a little. Let's, we got okay, we got well.
0: We got some time. Let's just slow it down. We, we do have some time. And speaking of time, it is time to get into the trends. And, Alex. Uh, and uh, speaking of time,
2: time is measured in years. And 2021 was apparently the year of the metaverse.
0: That was well done, everybody. Incredibly, well incredibly, well done, everybody. That was incredibly cute. <laughs> Uh,
2: and that's how you do transitions <laughs> um, so, uh, so What's the metaverse And why was last year The year of it Well we, To answer that question we, we don't have to start But we're going to start With everyone's <laughs> least favorite company Facebook uh, And I mean that Every, Everyone you should hate Facebook Leave it get off Everyone, all at once. Drive their stock down further. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, in, okay, so on October 21st of 2021, Facebook, uh, Mark Zuckerberg made an announcement that uh, Facebook was going to change their name to Meta. Not the Facebook, the, the Facebook, but the company Facebook was going to become Meta the essay. and uh, for those of you who haven't seen the logo, it is uh, in traditional Mark Zuckerberg fashion. It is as a subtle as a box of uh, a box of rocks, and it's just a, it's an infinity sign that kind of looks like an M. And so he'd say, and he uh, was talking about the the metaverse. So like, so what is the metaverse? And uh, a bunch of tech bros will tell you, well, a bunch of words talking about the third generation of the internet. They want to do what Google, let's say they, they want to do what Google did to to like the old, like to the old internet where like if you knew where things were, you could find them. But if you didn't, you were, you kind of just were stuck. Uh, and then we like, then we were kind of introduced to like internet 2.0 where everything was interconnected and you could, you know, rapidly go from thing to thing. And then like you connected various other things to the internet to do things. Uh, you know sometimes called the internet of things so then we we're talking about like so internet 3.0 so we're talking about uh're talking about this we're talking about the virtual world we're talking about um just a uh, uh, picture in your head ready player one like that's 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 what we're talking about so we're talking about virtual reality we're talking about uh cryptocurrencies we're talking about nfts but that that that's 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 the world that, that we're talking about so what like what does it mean i just said a bunch of words i recognize so let's let's break all of these things down just a little bit more so uh in the world that they are trying to sell you before so, you get started alex i right. just want to say yeah,
0: one thing uh-huh. this will not this will not be an nft episode
2: no uh, <laughs> why not hold on Oh, okay, you just don't want to talk about all of NFTs. That's a whole other thing. Okay, yes. yeah, that's very reasonable. I just, well, let's just kind of, okay, very fair. Okay, okay. so um, the idea, so let, let's talk about the idea of the metaverse, and then we'll talk about, like, what they mean when they say it. So the idea of the metaverse is this, you know, say say, um, is, like, is this virtual reality? Think, like, other life, if you're familiar with, like, MMO, like, with the mmo so um you could go home and you could put on your headset and then you could say you could enter the like you would see um imagine shopping at amazon um you'd say in your so you load up amazon and it loads up this giant you know like a like a traditional um like like a traditional store you know department store and you'd be able to walk through virtually walk through this this uh, department store, and you could be able to go to, when I say, maybe you don't even have to go play, like, you kind of go to a console, and then, like, you know, say what you're looking for, and then, like, it would just, like, rows of all of those things would appear in front of you, and you could kind of Gadu- you know, gradually go through the rows or you could throw in some other criteria and been like, I actually just want to look at red sports cars and then they would show you, you know, like then the then the things would shift and they would all just be all the red sports cars and you'd be able to like walk around and look at all of them. Like that's, so that's kind of the promise of the metaverse. It is a, like it's an entire virtual reality where you can interact with things and you'll have, as a, uh, you know, tactile feedback um, so you would get some sensation about like what touching that thing would be. Um, and then based upon your interactions in the virtual world, you can make actual changes in the real world. So I uh, say uh, I can order, like I find the car that I like, I, tr- I go out on a test drive in my virtual car that completely that, that completely mirrors like the real life car, and so I'd be able to do this virtual test drive with all the experiences of actually driving the vehicle without ever actually putting miles on the car. So that like the, the all of these things are like the promise of the metaverse, and then they'll talk and say and they'll talk about and it'll all be run with cryptocurrency, which is this um, decentralized. Um, uh, that's a form of currency it's not uh, uh it's like owned or operated by like any like there's not like a, you know a giant bank that like that plays a role in it um you say it's, it's like it's completely just you know it's private market completely uh, devoid from all like from all of these other regulations um and then you say as a secondary currency you have nfts which are stands for non fungible tokens, which is uh, the idea of buying a virtual item. And you're like, but wait a minute, couldn't I just copy and paste the thing? Yes, but say, then, but like, then how is it? How is it different? Well, it has a different ID associated with it. That's the difference. That's the only difference.
1: This all sounds terrible. <laughs> oh, oh, but in the inter- interest or- of brevity.
2: In the interest of brevity. <laughs> all right, so hold on, hold on. But this is the promise. Hold on, this is the promise. And I think there's a lot of good to the promise. Uh, to be fair, say, suppose for a moment, um, look, we all appreciate the convenience of online shopping, but we all also kind of have to recognize, and I think this, you know, the past couple of years have shown us that, like, we do actually kind of like shopping around Like, we like physically going to the store, and we like the experience of shopping. And, I mean, uh, there's something to be said about, well, we've been conditioned to like this since we were children, and so, like, it does still trigger that same like familiarity and comfort um chemicals in our brain. So there's some promise here of being of all of the joys of actually shopping without any of the hassle. And, and that is, and there are, there's a lot of there's a lot of things to like about this conception of the, of the metaverse. And what I'm going to tell you is that that like is um, if we were to tr- if metaverse were to be formed in kind of the same way that the internet was formed in this dereg like decentralized way and everybody has access to the same platform then then maybe the metaverse might be okay but that's not the version of the metaverse that Facebook Microsoft in- Microsoft Nvidia. That's not what they want in the metaverse because what they want is they want what they already have, just more. Like they already have like, their, you know, Facebook has its own closed ecosystem and they keep adding more things into their ecosystem so that you will just do more things in their ecosystem and they will gather more data on you and they will sell more data on you so that they can um, min- continue to manipulate you in whatever ways they uh, seem fit. So that, that's what they want. So it wouldn't be a single metaverse. It'd be multiple metaverses. There's the Microsoft metaverse. There's the NVIDIA metaverse. There's the Facebook metaverse. There's the Steam metaverse. And they are all completely isolated. You can't say, it's, uh, it's like, oh, I want to, Anthony, you know what I'm talking about. Um, how, You're like, hey, I really like this game, uh, but it's only on PlayStation. Well, I'm in, I have an Xbox. It would be like that. Except, what I say? Except that, uh, we have this really cool item, but it's only available on the Facebook through the Facebook Metaverse. Yeah, I got this really cool high-end computer, but you can only get it. You can only get it if you go through the Facebook Metaverse.
1: The idea that some of the worst. The idea (laughs) that some of the worst companies on Earth are going to successfully turn the Metaverse into anything other than what they turned the current version of the internet into. Like, of course, they're going to do the same. Like, look at Facebook. Have you been on Facebook? <laughs> Terrible. Does, any, does anyone enjoy their time on Facebook? Some people, maybe. Of course, um, the metaverse is going to be bad through Facebook. It's run by Facebook.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, I say, and so, um, if you understand nothing else, else about the metaverse, I want you to uh, say, like, look, I, I want you to understand that they are. Are uh, so they want to exploit you. Any promises that they make are only there to exploit you. And as a citizen of the world, you should troll them. So, uh, Mark essay, it was well known. Mark Zuckerberg made his announcement to Meta. He did it like, like using, like using, uh, like a virtual Mark Zuckerberg in a virtual environment. So I uh, say, uh, and. Um, what you should do is uh, when when, the, when these people do these things is you should make it unbearable for them. Like th- this is this is your essay. Those of you who drew, like who just instinctively drew dicks on things in high school for graffiti, now is your time. Yeah, just, just draw <laughs> dicks all over yeah. everything. Just like make them like 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 make them like make them embarrassed and cost them and like make them abandon this project. Now is Please. your time. Please. Just just troll them into closing it.
0: I've heard several, I'm not even going to give this a whole lot of lip service. I've heard several different things about what the metaverse is supposed to represent, not even just what it is. And I don't know how I feel about the fact that it's happening. Not even the fact that it's an idea, but the fact that it's an idea that like, Big tech companies are trying to bring to fruition. That's my biggest problem is the fact that it's it's a thing that people are actively trying to make happen. And that's concerning to me.
1: And look, Francine posted something in our, in our chat here about what happens if a person is murdered in the metaverse? Who owns the metaverse? No one these knows, actually, Francine. These are actually good questions. And the reason these companies are moving is because it's an unregulated space where they're free to do whatever the hell they want right now.
2: Uh, I say actually I say a long so uh this was a uh, very important. Thank you for bringing that up, Francine. Uh so this uh was um a, a case. Uh there was a woman, uh so people have been um uh experimenting with like VR for a while. And uh it's been very I say, um uh, for those video game fans, um Half-Life Alex came out and it was, you know. Uh, required the Steam headset in order to run, and it was a bit like it was a big deal. It's the first entry in the Half-Life franchise for 15 years, um, <sighs> uh, but like heads, the heads, the technology is largely just like still viewed as a novelty, despite it's a growing novelty. But it is still just a novelty. Um, but there are these platforms and things that you can do with it. And there was a, there was a, and in the metaverse, you choose how you like. You choose your avatar. You are not restricted to you know your the the sack of flesh and bone that you have that you you know call yourself. You can. It's the first opportunity you have to like decide, you know, what shape best you know say um you know best represents you. And there was an instance of a woman who, uh, like, was do say, was playing, um, doing some something in like uh, in like in virtual reality, and a uh, another character walked up to her avatar and began to uh, masturbate in let's say to like to to, their, to let's say like on on near her avatar. And she was like, I am uncomfortable with this, and I don't know what, like, so she went to, like, reported them, and they were like, well, there's nothing we can do about that. You can tell them to stop, and you can leave. But unless they, you know, unless they violate a law, like, threaten you, then there's nothing we can do. They're not actually showing their, like, you know, this isn't actually an instance of indecent exposure. It's just they're making their avatar do a thing. So who owns the metaverse? Eh, the the companies. The companies would own the metaverse. What does it mean to uh, like who would regulate the metaverse? Well, the companies.
0: Which means there wouldn't be any ah. regulation. And ah. that's and
1: and and that that is actually the the vast majority of my objection to this whole thing. Actually, it stems from the fact that I think we are opening up people to huge amounts of trauma. People who have seen what it is like to be threatened and harassed on the internet. The metaverse is that but 10 times, 100, a million times worse. Yeah. And we are not prepared for a world where you can be harassed and threatened and groped and ogled, had your avatar masturbated to. We, we are not ready to answer those questions at all. We haven't answered them in the real world. <laughs> like the actual physical world, we haven't been able to stop this shit. The idea that we're going to go and do it in a virtual world where there are no rules uh, is something we should run away from.
0: I mean, you've seen VR chat, right?
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm not even going to get into that. Goodness say, okay and we, can
2: have a, let's say, and we can have a whole other episode dedicated to this. Yes. Um, oh I just wanted God. to bring this all, like, this is all happening at once, and the tech bros really, 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 really want you to be okay with this. And so, in order to, like, act, like we we should be able to make informed decisions about what what this looks like
0: yes now going back in transitions
1: speaking of being okay let's talk about the poll all right so i'm gonna give us a little warning here if we have people listening if you are um sensitive to conversations about uh violence sexual violence um start skipping ahead maybe we can give you know you're you're not this is a, a difficult poll so just a little warning there I'll pause for a few seconds to give people time to start skipping. So, all right, with that out the way, uh, as always, polls drop Friday on our social media pages. So this poll, uh, Alicia was molested and raped repeatedly as a child and trafficked by her mother when she was 15. Her mother eventually signed over custody of Alicia to one of her abusers, a 40-plus-year-old divorced father of three. She was the age of one of his children when he took her to Mississippi and married her in front of a judge. At age 18, with little education, she could and legally divorced her husband Her husband and set out in life on her own. Um, so that's sort of the idea, but so trouble followed her. She was eventually arrested, charged, and convicted of embezzling money from a former employer. This event happened early in her adulthood, and since then she sort of paid her dues to society and moved on. Our question is, should her childhood traumas have been given any consideration by the judge? for him to have considered that Alicia perhaps made this mistake because of the way she was raised and subsequently hardwired or should no consideration of someone's past traumas be given when considering their innocence or guilt in the criminal justice system. So, um this is a very difficult question. Uh Alex, I'll let you go first.
2: Obviously. So like so the human the human experience is relative. Like, we know, we all you're your very sensitive. Um, so the classic psychological experiment, um, you put one hand in hot water and you put one hand in uh, like over over ice water and then you let them sit there for a few m- minutes. And then, uh, so your body tells you this one is hot, this one is cold, and then you put them both in lukewarm water. And then one hand will tell you that the water is hot and one hand will tell you that the other that the water is cold. It's because you're, you're everything about humans is is relative it's it's like you're measuring changes in things so you yes like uh people's experience should play like should play a role like punishment should fit the crime and um you know like what is like you know, what is a crime and what is the severity of the crime is relative based upon i uh, say based upon you know are you the person you know uh based upon, a, like a whole bunch of different circumstances and the, say if that, if that's true, like the justice system should really just strive to find like what's the most reasonable answer, and the reasonable answer for unreasonable situations is probably like you know more lenient than a than um un, unreasonable actions in reasonable situations.
1: All right, I'm gonna go next because I know Josh. When we put this one in our chat, you seem really so. I'll sort of let you had the final answer and then lead to the broader conversation. I'm simmering. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Um, You're going to simmer more after my answer probably. So I don't think on the question of innocence or guilt, you can consider past trauma because I, again, looking at the, the way the poll is, is asked, the question of whether or not you did the thing of which you are accused is a fairly narrow one. And Your trauma should show up in the sentencing. I agree with that. But the question of whether or not you did the thing and whether or not that thing goes on your record is a fairly narrow question. If you embezzled money, and that is a crime that we have ample evidence and you maybe even admit to doing it. I don't know the circumstances of her case, obviously. Um, That is a fairly narrow question. And we can't... Innocence or guilt of the crime of which you are accused can't really depend on your, so Francine just put in our chat, she pled guilty. And so, you know, now in the sentencing, you should consider people's past, but we also have to acknowledge the question of something like embezzling money. The other hurt party is the employer that she embezzled money from, and that person has a at least in our system, a legal right to seek some sort of restitution as well. Uh, they have a legal right, and, and we maybe have an obligation to make the employer whole, depending on, you know, I mean, it can, if you just know anything about a business, it can be a crippling thing to have happened to a company. So they have a right to be made whole, and they have a right to seek restitution through the legal system. That can include civil charges, for instance. Um, so the court system has to weigh all these competing concerns. The person may – their actions may have been part of working out past trauma, but they did what they are accused of, and the person who was the hurt party has a right to be made whole as well. Um, And you have to balance these competing concerns. So, yeah, I think you should consider it in the sentencing phase. I don't think you consider it in the guilt phase, but you also have to keep an eye on – you know, she was a victim – in her early life, but her employer was a victim of her crime. So, yeah. So that's sort of my. I know we're going to probably get into more of this, so I'll keep it that, keep it there for now. But Josh, did you want to take us away with your answer, and then lead us into wherever you were planning on letting us go?
0: So I'm I'm going to make a statement. Yep. I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to respond to that statement and then I'm going to open it up for the broader discussion that I had planned uh, regarding this topic here. The way that crime is handled in America is really weird. Um, the, I, I'm actually really glad that you broke down the difference between like guilt versus innocence and the sentencing, because those are, in fact, different things. Um, and I think that a lot of people who don't quite understand the justice system, like see that someone being guilty of a crime means that like the maximum sentence or whatever should be pressed upon them. And I think that's generally the case because that often happens, especially for situations that don't require it. Like as was mentioned before, one thing that happens quite often in our justice system is that, uh, sorry, I'm trying to remember the exact way you phrased it. Uh, Unreasonable situations require reasonable answers. And often, reasonable situations end up having unreasonable consequences, uh, both in the sentencing and sometimes with the actual nature of the crime. As you said, uh, embezzling money is a fairly serious offense. Like, I'm not going to pretend that like the crime itself is not, you know, something to be completely, you know, ignored. Like in this case, as an example. Um, I I was going to give an example before I move into the discussion, I'll go ahead and give it now. Like if as an example, someone is being, um, like someone is like kidnapped and being abused, right? And as part of that defense, they accidentally in defense, kill their abuser. I believe that yes, there is a loss of life that needs to be rectified, that, that there's no question about that. However, I also think that the circumstances regarding that person's death is relative. Like Alex said, everything is relative. And I think the problem that I often run into looking at court cases and such is that in many, in many scenarios, very reasonable situations have unreasonable sentences attached to them. Like people who, as an example, were like holding marijuana, like not even using, just like having marijuana in possession ends up meaning like fucking gears in prison. And we know that like nonviolent crime has been all kinds of crazy in the justice system over the course of the time that we've had it. And so my, my answer or my, my, my answer to this poll, if I, if I'm actively uh, you know, just answering the question is like, yes, trauma and the, the base factors as I call them for why a person turns to crime uh, should be playing a part in both the sentencing and depending on the, the, the nature of the situation, whether or not they're guilty. But again, everything is relative. And so what I want to go ahead and talk about now are situations in where I feel that the justice system has failed people who maybe should have gotten either a lesser sentence or something, some things along those lines. So we know that the police have not always been a saving force, especially for people of color. Um, In many situations, they are the thing causing many of the crimes that they are reporting. And so like my first question is knowing what we know about the current way that the justice system operates, is there a way that we can attempt to protect people especially people who turn to who turn to crime out of necessity from unreasonable sentencing.
1: Is, is there a way that we could do it? Yes, we could eliminate the sort of three strike rules. We could restore some sort of discretion in sentencing to judges. Now, that comes with the admitted risk that like some judges will abuse their discretion because there are judges who are bad. But right now, a lot of judges do sort of, I have, I mean, I've heard read that you know judges do feel like they are kind of handicapped. Like we would maybe have not, we would like to have not given this sentence, but we are not given discretion to do so. Um that's one way. Second way, this is gonna sound perverse and probably almost like a like a paradoxical to people. So just sort of you know hear me out. You could massively increase the size of your judicial system and of your legal system as a whole, which I know is against most people's first instinct. And let me explain why I say this. Right now, the backup in the legal system, the fact that you do not, that there's such a backup that it has made the reliance on plea bargaining a, ne- a necessary tool of the legal system now. There's a reason why like 90% of cases actually end in a plea bargain. Even higher at the federal federal level, it's like 95%. What this means is that most people are agreeing to the crime and the punishment without ever having their day in court, which removes all discretion completely. I mean, once you sign the plea bargain, that's it. It's a wrap. There is no – that you are not getting a jury of your peers, which might look at the circumstances leading to the crime, and they might judge you more favorably. They might give you a break looking at the circumstances that led to this. Most people aren't getting that. What's happening is that people accused of a crime are getting in a room with prosecutors and their defense attorneys, and they're signing an agreement where they admit guilt and accept their punishment. And then they're going to a judge who is saying, yes, this deal is valid, and here's the punishment. In order to stop that, we would need a more robust legal system that would allow cases to be processed quicker and would allow people to get their days in front of juries. Because the solution for this is that a jury of your peers looks at the circumstances of your crime and they decide whether you're guilty or not. And then a judge looks at the circumstances and decides what the punishment – what the appropriate reasonable punishment might be. We actually don't have that. Again, we just have a plea bargaining legal system that processes paperwork. Like that is what you have. If you are accused of a crime, yeah, it's like an accountant. Like that's what we have. They just stamp you and process your paperwork and then – you know, sends you on your way. So those would be two of the ways that I think we could address that, Josh, that I think we could allow for a system that um, didn't expose people to overly harsh punishments.
0: I I see where you're coming from. It has been known to me for the last little while, especially, that a lot of our justice proceedings are, I was about to say speed rant, <laughs> basically, uh, because of the nature of the workload that exists, in a court case. That's why, especially in a lot of situations, if you hear something going to court and then you hear about it for years to come, because often it takes forever to actually get into a courtroom and then for all the proceedings to go from there. I think that 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 is one of the ways in which we could hopefully circumvent a lot of the problems we have with our legal system, not even just dealing with this issue, but like making it more efficient and giving people more time in front of a jury would likely do wonders for at least helping situations like these where nuance is necessary.
2: Well, the other part that uh, so that you, that, you like, that you're mentioning, but not like that so we haven't quite uh, talked about, is mo- e- even in cases if it does go to trial, right? Most people say it's lawyers are say um say have to be they have to be trained in like in the law, which is complicated and it requires say, like several years. Of high, like of higher level learning, and that makes it expensive, and that means that if if people do get a lawyer, that they uh, it's typically a public attorney, you know, public attorney, and um, that those public attorneys, by by the like nature of the market, are the lowest paid people, are the lowest paid attorneys, which uh, means that you either have some very high, some highly dedicated people, just they're just dedicated to the cause. And they're willing to live subsistently because, like because they believe in it. Or more likely they're just the, say they're just a body who meets these criteria, who needs a job, who can't get another like who can't get another job. So they're, like they're, they're there. and they are run, say they're often overworked, they're often run down. And even when they, so even when they do take a case, let's say even when they do take cases, they like, yeah, it's far too many cases, I say all at once and they don't, and they don't get the adequate time or resources to do a good job. And there's not a nice solution to that. Even, even, so even with your solution, Anthony, right? Of just like expanding number of judges you have and the number of lawyers you have. Well, are you going to pay? Are you going to, are you going to compete on salary with whatever, the uh like uh, you know whatever the company is going to go with the answer is no then it doesn't
0: actually matter
1: uh yeah yeah and that's a good point alex's point is further complicated by the fact that uh prosecutors jobs are seen as stepping stones to greater political positions often which means that people who are ambitious and also desire a political career go the prosecutor route this is how by just Oh, it's a, it's this, is, just, I mean, this is how you end up with like – like Supreme Court judges are mostly prosecutors for this very reason because prosecutor is a path towards glory, whereas uh, public defender is a dead end.
2: Say uh, We haven't had a criminal defense attorney uh, on the Supreme Court since Thurgood Marshall. So this complicates this
1: because prosecutors are ambitious, and they're hungry, and they are driven, and they see it correctly as a path towards greater money and political gain. And all of this would have to be fixed. And, and it is a monumental task. I'm not going to sit here and say it isn't. You would have to look at the, the sheer number of laws we actually have and decide some of those laws can probably be pared down. And it's a monumental task, but it's not an unanswerable. This isn't one of those where the answers are are unknowable. The answers are there.
0: We just don't have the manpower to.
1: Yeah. And the will. We we'll say,
2: we'll say and the will. Yep. Yeah. Because that's yeah. the essay. And that's the other thing that we. A massive, you know, um, expansion of the legal system. Um, you're, we're, you're talking about uh, a massive increase in the um, in the cost procured by, say, by, say, by counties, by cities, by states. Yep. And by yes, I'm fe- talking like, about by the federal government. Yeah, uh, I, I just saw a post that was um, the immigration court hit a backlog of over a million cases.
0: Oh, yep. goodness,
1: Lord. So, yeah, I am talking about increasing funding to these these bodies like, yep, I know that is unpopular for, you know, the people I generally agree with. I know I, I recognize that. But the pipeline is too small. And part of this is it, it is too small to process what we are asking it to do. And it is taking shortcuts that are, like, violating people's constitutional rights to, like, trial by jury and a right to a speedy trial. Like, they are having their constitutional rights violated routinely. Mm-hmm. But there are people who are sitting in jails for 9, 10, 12, 18 months, like... Waiting for a a waiting trial. trial. Yeah. Just a waiting trial.
2: Honestly. And they're like, well, what... But, like, they, they have access to bail, and it's like, yeah, but bail is $3,000 cash.
1: So, yeah, that's what I... that. Again, these solutions are knowable. They are known. <laughs> I mean, if you have another question go, I think I, I don't want to say we could go long on this one, but this is a big topic. I don't I wouldn't mind maybe I mean, going a little long. I mean, long. I'm
2: actually willing to circle back just a little bit. Uh so we were talking about um Anthony, you were talking about like the like the embezzlement, right? She was yep. charged with embezzlement. Uh this like this might not be like in this case, but I, I but why why was she embezzling? Was it right. to make ends meet? Well, that's not embezzlement. That's just like, that's your employer not fulfilling their end of the bargain. And um, that's on them. Like, okay, We uh, say in this country, we will say, we have let employees, okay, Francine just said, uh, she was working her way out of homelessness and she was currently living at a church-sponsored shelter. So she wanted a little bit of money, a little bit more money from her employer so that she could not be homeless which is like the bare minimum that an employer should be able to provide. And if you can't provide that, then you're not like, you're not an employer. You're a parasite.
1: And then as Francine noted earlier, she pled guilty. She didn't get her day in court. She got bullied by a legal system that has all the resources at its disposal. So first she's a victim in her early life. Then she's victimized. By an employer. Right. And there was no then she embezzles money while being homeless, working her way out of homelessness, then encounters a legal system that is says you can either plead guilty or we can, I don't know, make you sit in prison for like 13 months while we sort your case out very slowly. So she pleads guilty.
0: And then still goes to prison.
2: Yes. But I was in prison. Say, but I was in prison for 18 months as opposed to say, and then I was done as opposed to 13 months and then it started. Right. That's
1: fair. And probably got a break on the sentence because if you know, if you let us get this clear our deck quicker, we'll give you as much of a break as we can.
2: say, If you make us go to trial, we'll hit you. We're gonna go for the maximum. But if you're willing to yeah. uh, if you're just willing to sign it off, we'll give you the lightest we'll give you a lighter sentence. We'll yeah. commute it by half. We'll commute it by a quarter.
1: As Francie noted, she did get a break according to what she said. According to what she said, the judge said, that's why she confessed. So, I mean, you see how all these things work together. Like, that's not a legal system.
2: <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's not. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a prison state. It's a
0: police yeah. state. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to to talk about this. Because I think one of the things that doesn't ever get enough, like, coverage is, like, why these things happen. I feel like often when we see crime, we talk about the fact that the crime happened, not why. And I think that's just as important in in many situations as the fact that the crime happened, given that in many of these situations, like the the crime was not something that the person wanted to do. It's not like they went in there and was like, I'm going to embezzle this money. Like she was working out of homelessness. Like that makes you desperate. You do things you wouldn't have normally done when you don't have a place to call home. Like as someone who has lived in scenarios where that may or may not have been relevant and have talked to several people who have been there as well like it it changes you fundamentally like well, there's
2: and like like i said the uh, say like unreasonable solutions often call for unreasonable actions that's uh, so like if you if you're no one is happy like we need sh- say shelter is one of like the fundamental basic needs that we have otherwise we just like die of exposure um, and if you don't have access to shelter and if you don't have reliable access to shelter and like, and I mean, so she was, you know, here as part of the uh, church sponsored shelter, I, as, um, someone who's, uh, done, done some social work, I will tell you those church programs are temporary. Yeah. They are, you have, like, we will, we will put you up for N months or N weeks as the case may be. And uh, if you, when you run out of, when they have run out of charity, you're out. And uh, I, I've never been in a situation where I had to choose between, uh, um, say, ste- say, uh, stealing from someone or going out on the street. But uh, I will tell you which one I would choose.
0: <laughs> and and I, like I said, I think this was worth, at the, at the very least, highlighting. Um, th- this kind of issue takes a whole lot more time than we would ever have in this kind of show to dive into in any deeper manner. Uh, and we got we got into a little bit of it today, uh, but in a general sense, I just, I really wanted to take a second and all of these polls are designed to make you think. Like that that's the whole reason why we do them, right? Uh, to, to foster thinking and discussion. And I think this is one of the ones that resonated with me specifically because I've, I've seen so many people talk about this really backwards idea that we have in America on crime crime specifically if we can just kind of dig into the root of that i feel like a lot of people would change their opinions on what they think crime is or what it should be and i just wanted to highlight that thank you for thank you for going through that with me guys this was this was a very interesting discussion i i know that we none of us really had our opinions changed but um i i do think it was something at the very least worth calling attention to so with that being said, this podcast has been brought to you in part by Eliak Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians, and, of course, PointCast News. If you listen to any of our other podcasts, please go visit our website at pointcast.news, or you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to like and follow us on Facebook for more podcasts, articles, and polls like the ones we covered today. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you all at home for listening. We will see you next time. Josh, out.